e kore rātou e karaua wawe. Pēnei i a tātou kua mahue nei, e kore hoki rātou e noikore. Aha kua pēhia e nga āhuatanga o te wā, i te hekena atu o te rā, tainua ki te āranga mai i te ata. Ka maumahara tonu tātou ki a rātou. Ka maumahara tonu tātou ki a rātou. They shall grow not old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years contemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them. E nā mana e nā reo e nā kārangatanga maha o nā hoewha, nau mai hoki mai anō ki te hōtaka nei a te ahikā, ko maraia rakaraku tōku ingoa, kia ora tātou katoa. Welcome to Te Ahikā, I'm Maraia Rakraku and this week is our Anzac special. Like me, I'm sure many of you got up early yesterday morning to attend one of the many Anzac ceremonies taking place throughout the country and perhaps unlike me, this is something you've always done. 20 years after his return from the Second World War in 1965, Major Arnold Reedy attended and spoke at an Anzac service in Gisborne. <laughs> He rā whakamau mahalatanga e ki ngā hōia o ahitereria o nuitireni i mate ki te whawhai i Kalipori. Like most kids growing up in the 1970s and 1980s, our school projects or social studies classes around April the 25th was always about the First World War. And having grandfathers that were in the 28th Māori Battalion during the Second World War, I grew up hearing their war stories, yet it was always something I was a little disconnected from because it happened years ago over there. That was until a few years ago when I attended a 28th Māori Battalion hui and met men who had fought alongside my paternal koraua, Whareauahi Rakuraku, who was B Company, and maternal koraua, Boy Tono, who was in C Company. Tahu Pōtiki Hopkinson fought in D Company, nicknamed Ngāti Walkabout, and last year I sat in his living room with his nephew, Te Marino Lenehin, where we spoke about a number of things. Funnily enough, one of the first things I brought up was whether he felt having such a recognisably tūpuna name, Tahu Pōtiki, came with the expectation. What I didn't figure was how it also had its burdens. Some Pākehās, they had difficulty in, in pronouncing my name. They called me Tahu or, you know, uh, you know they, couldn't, they couldn't get the vowels right, you know. And uh, that used to upset me a bit, you know. And I used to say, call me Hoppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been Hoppy ever since. In the army, you know. As time moves on, it's become obvious the term Anzac, coined from the First World War, that remembers the efforts of the Australian and New Zealand armies at Gallipoli and Turkey, is in danger of becoming obsolete. So much so that now it's used to remember New Zealand's contributions to all overseas wars and conflicts. Roy Mataponamu is a greenstone water feature at the New Zealand Army Museum in Waiuru. That remembers soldiers who have lost their lives while serving in armed forces. Justine Murray interviewed museum curator Windsor Jones, who told her the choice of the medium was purposeful. Using greenstone was a uniquely New Zealand sort of material, 
and so that was the you know, that was the reason behind why they uh, they decided to construct this memorial from greenstone and the tears themselves um, or the water that, that actually cascades down the uh, the memorial is really is, it's, it's it's symbolic of a cleansing of a nation or the tears of those mothers who uh, who cry for those that have fallen in uh, overseas wars. That's all coming up in this week's edition of Te Ahika and our programme dedicated to Māori involvement in the First and Second World Wars. Years of interviewing and research came to an end for Dr Monty Suta when his book, Nā Tamatoa, The Price of Citizenship, Sea Company, 28th Māori Battalion, 1939-1945, was published last year. The hefty volume details accounts from soldiers who fought in Sea Company. Now, admittedly, when I interviewed Suta last year, I had close to no idea of army terminology. Here he explains some of the more tricky army terms. A battalion of an infantry battalion is 750 men when it's at full strength. That's how many left these shores in 1940. Uh, And within that battalion, you have five companies. And, uh, and the infantry, cap- four infantry companies and a, um, a specialist company, which has got all your drivers, your medics and people like that. So your infantry company, of which C Company was one, at full strength is, is roughly 120 men. So 750 of them left in 1940, but you've got to keep the battalion reinforced for the duration of the war so that by the time the war ended, 3,600 Māori had been across. Um, so... Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a, a contribution to um, the New Zealand Division. But remembering that the Māori Battalion was one of 11 infantry battalions overseas uh, in the 2nd New Zealand Division. So, so we're, a, we're a cog in a machine, but they punched above their weight. Uh, as we all know, I mean, Anzac Day comes around, everybody... Um, in some way recognises the efforts of the Māori Battalion particularly, although they were only one of 11 battalions in that division. C Company is the region generally between Oportiki and and Gisborne, and it took in a number of tribes uh, from Whanau up in Ngātipo through to the Tūranga Iwi. And uh, the Cowboys, yes, they were titled because of their... uh, Some say they were still riding horses in the 1940s, but weren't we all? Uh, They're still riding horses now. Yes, uh, but the other reason was they their dress. Um, a lot of them were, you know, the movies in, in those days were of cowboys and Indians, and a lot of those guys turned up at camp as if they were um, in a Western movie, and that was p- partly the reason too. But um, equally, you had uh, A Company, which was Auckland North, uh, the gum diggers they were called, Marketi Kapia, uh, B Company was uh, the Bay of Plenty, Mātātua tribes, Tūwharetō, um, the Thames region. They were the Penny Divers, Ngāruku uh, Kapa, only because uh, Tarawa was the... Um, Penny Divers. We, the major tribe in that region. And then we had um, all the other we from basically Wairo across to the Waikato down to the South Island. And there were a few um, Pacific Island boys in there mm. too. Uh, who were known as um, the United Nations, 
Ngati Walkabout. Dr. Monty Suter in the book Natamato The Price of Citizenship C Company 28 Māori Battalion was published by David Bateman. At our website, radionz.co.nz forward slash tiahika, there's some details. Kumarae Rakraku Toku Ingoa, and this is Tiahika. When you're 84 years old, there's no doubt you've experienced just about everything life has to offer. And in the case of Tahu Portiki Hopkinson, or Hopi, that's included a stint in the 28th Māori Battalion, marriage, bringing up nine children, and working in local industries, all within the vicinity of his papakainga at Tuahiwi, North Canterbury. Last September, I spent an afternoon with the Karaua and his nephew, Te Marino Lenehin, at his home. My grandfather, he came from uh, Colne, Manchester, you know, and he was very English. You know, he came out here in 1856. That's the Hopkinson. Yes. That's my dad's father. But uh, he, he, had, he always had that name. He had the name of uh, his stepfather, Whangai stepfather, Whakaro uh, Kotua. He came down here and... Uh, he took his name uh, right from when he went to school up in Saltwater Creek up here. Uh, they lived in uh, Rakahui, in, in huts made out of wee-wees and, you know, and uh, mud floor, you know, my dad and, and Toa and, and, uh, and Rao Kotua. At, uh, when my, my dad joined up the army in, in 1914, uh, he went away and he, he still went went under the name of Kotua. Yeah, William Koroko Kotua. And uh, while he was over there, his whangai father, he was killed on a motorbike in 1917. When my dad came home from the war in 1919, uh, or before that, uh, Raul Kotu's sisters, two two sisters, came down, uh, and uh, I think that they may have done something about burial and things like that. And they said that that my dad, and he took his name. Uh, he was to have his land that that was up up north somewhere, you know. I don't, this is what. Uh, when you're talking north, are you talking North Island? Sorry. North Island. I don't know just whereabouts, uh, but I think there's some courtours up here in the northern part of, of the South Island. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when I, my dad came back and, well, these, these three, three sisters, they said that, you know, that they wanted uh, my dad to have his land. And uh, Matawa says, oh, but he wasn't legally ad- adopted, you know. Uh, he was a farmer, you know, and uh, so uh, I said, "All right." And when my dad came home, his mum told told him about uh, what his uh, his sisters had said. They wanted him to have the uh, uh, Rao uh, land, and that she had refused it because he wasn't legally adopted. Uh, he said, well, he said, if I'm not good enough to have his land, he said, I'm not good enough to have his his name. So he changed his name back to his uh, biological father, William John Hopkinson, and he's been that ever since. Mm-hmm.
Oh, that's not hard to understand either, you know. Yeah. The year is 1838 and war is erupting all over Europe. Tahu Portiki Hopkinson is full of beans. His life up until then has been centred around the North Canterbury settlement of Tuahiwi with his poa, grandfather, known as Big Poa. So when you're 13 years old, you're living back here in Tuahiwi. What were some of the things happening in the Papakainga at that time? Oh, well, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of uh, work for, for men, uh, you know, round about, you know, some of them. Uh, my dad, he worked up in the Lewis Pass uh, and uh, on the public works, you know. What was your dad's name? Uh, well, he was uh, baptised as uh, Koroko Te Ura. And uh, his father was his sponsor, and his mother was Tuera. And uh, down here at uh, St Stephen's Church, uh, that was about 1892 or 1895, one of those. So you're working at the Kaiapoi Freezing Works, and then the war broke out. I put in a season there, and uh, after that... uh, uh, I went up to Mount Thomas on the, on the, on the uh, cattle and, and, and sheep station, and I worked there until uh, uh, 1940. Then I came and, and worked on a stud farm, one of our local stud farms, the Stevensons, uh, very famous for their their breeds of sheep and and their wool, merino wool. Uh, I learnt, that's where I learnt my farming, yeah. And uh, from there I, I joined the army. So there was quite a crew that went from here to the Second World War? Oh, big lot, for this, you know, small population, yeah. Young and old, mostly young. All, all, most of the fellows that was killed were all young, you know. Teenagers, yeah. The Karawa didn't want to talk to me about the war, and yet so much of his life has been shaped by those experiences had as a young man. When I, when I came back from the war, I was still under under health uh, you know, restrictions, and uh, I couldn't get uh, discharged because uh, uh, a fellow named Dr. Wolves, he said that I, he wouldn't... Uh, Authorised a discharge because the side of my, my lung took it was a shadow right over it in, in the X-rays, so I went straight on to a pension, you know, yeah. and uh, I uh, I was on pension, but uh, couldn't live on that, you know. It was only just pittance, you know. Uh, it wouldn't have been so bad if they'd have given me my. My army rank, you know, uh, that amount, but uh, no. And uh, I went back and saw Dr. Woolds and I asked him if he, he would give me, authorise a discharge for me from the army. And uh, he put me through the, the hoops, you know, and uh, my x rays was all right. And uh, generally my health wasn't too bad, you know. 
So we got through that and uh, and your power. He got me a job in CFM in Belfast, and I stayed there uh, for a couple of seasons. And I went over to the other the Fred Fred worked Bothwicks, stayed there uh, for till nineteen. Now my brain has to work a bit. Memory. Uh, year 1957. And uh, I had a run-in with uh, one of the sub-foremans over there. And, uh, you know, he, he's on, on our back a bit. You know, he was just, he was just new. I, I worked with him on the legging table. And, and when he had promoted the, the boardwalker, you know, he just, he just didn't know how to handle it. You know, he didn't know how to handle me. You know, and he kept on nagging at me, nagging at me on my back, and uh, I said, go away, Frank. I said, if you don't go away, I said, I'll give you one. And he said, you have a go, and I give him a backhand, and I broke his jaw. I, did, I didn't mean to do that, you know, it was just... And uh, anyway, they marched me into the into the office, and the foreman says, well, he says, uh, you can hand your gear in. He said, uh, you're finished. And now... Uh, Union, Union Secretary, he said, uh, you, have, you have to take this case to, uh, you know, uh, hire people, you know, because uh, the thing happened under, on, on, uh, under provocation, you know, yeah. They called the manager in, and the manager said, uh, You have to understand that these fellas, you can't push them. They had, he had five years in the army, and uh, he said they suffer a lot with war neurosis and stuff like that, you know. And uh, he said, uh, well, he said, uh, what do you think? Uh, Rudkin was the foreman. He says, "Well, one of them has to go." And he says, "I'm not going to sub sack my my sub foreman." So I said, "Okay then." So I handed McGee and, and the manager. He was an ex-army man too, long-range desert group man. Yeah. And uh, he said, uh, "Go home and have a break." He says, and. Uh, Come back next year, and he says, I'll give you your job back. But I went straight down to Bel Finnegan, Belcrutha, and uh, I rung, my, rung the, the, the boss down there. And he said, yeah, come down. He said, well, I'll give you a job. And I went down there, and I stayed there for a couple of years. Then I come back to Islington. And uh, there was a big strike on there at the time. That was 1958-59, and uh, I got a job there. Of course, they heard about my business at uh, at Borthwick's, and uh, they said, you, you, you can't work here, you're classified as an undesirable. And uh, anyway, the, the union fellas, they went in and they... They talked with the, with the management there, and uh, 
they, you know, talk backwards and forwards. And uh, Sunbeam, he was the manager at Islington. He said, uh, he said, well, to clear this this thing up, he says, uh, I'll get in touch with, uh, with the manager of, at, at Borthwick's. So he, he talked to him on the phone. And uh, Mr Croucher, he was the manager at Borthwick's, he said, I couldn't recommend a better man for you. And that was it. Oh, I was in. Yeah. <laughs> and I stayed there till uh, 1988, and that's when... Uh, uh, the, the New Zealand Refrigerating Company went into, into receivership and we all finished, yeah. But uh, I was over the age limit by then anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, actually uh, I'd, I'd, I'd spent some time in hospital because I, I'd had an accident and... Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I qualified for redundancy anyway, or severance pay, you know, yeah, because I was still on the books, yeah. A lot has happened since then, you know, that, that's a long time ago, you know, and uh, I didn't mention that um, in 1947, I I couldn't have a bit of civic life, you know. I've been in the army that long, travelled around the world, you know, with the army, and I I, I couldn't settle into into civic life, no. You know, uh, so uh, I went back into the army, and I joined the Royal Artillery. Uh, and I was posted out to Godley Heads, down to Tyro Heads, Battery Point. And uh, I enjoyed that part because uh, there was no square bashing and, you know, parade, parade ground drilling and all that sort of thing. You know, we were sort of, uh, we had a, our own roving commission, you know, there was only a few of us out there. All we had to do was to look after the big guns and... Uh, see that the temperatures and the magazines was right, you know, and things like that, you know. And uh, we used to do our own cooking, take turns cooking and things like that. And uh, I got back into into foot into rugby. I was playing good rugby at the time. And uh, they had a trials for uh, a South Island Army team to, to go north. I was lucky enough to get picked in that. And uh, we went up to uh, Wellington in 1947. Played rugby in Wellington. I only played one game there. Scored the only try for the South Island. We lost. And some of the some of the guys from Port Dorset up there, they came and watched the game in Wellington. And when I scored the try, they all, you know, they all ran onto the field. Get on your hoppy, get on your hoppy. Yeah. Yeah. All those fellas are all dead now. I'd been romancing my wife, Joy Grinnell, uh, for a year and a bit. And uh, we decided we'd get married. 
So that was the end of my army, you know. But, uh, yeah, I went back to the Freedom Works and, uh, yeah, started farming on some of my poor land and, you know, and land that uh, I leased. Yeah, and I've been farming ever since. Yeah. Brought up a family of nine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of parkers saying, ooh, you had that many. I said, yeah, I said, and we have no regrets about it. <laughs> yeah, I said, we didn't, they didn't have the almighty pill then. <laughs> yeah. So I was wondering if I could ask you um, how you got your name, Tahu Portiki. Oh, you have to ask for my power. <laughs> He's the one that gave me the name, Big Power. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were growing up, did you find that people would respond automatically as soon as they heard what your name was? Uh, no. Uh, some parkers, they had difficulty in, in pronouncing my name. They used to call me Tehu or, you know, uh, you know they, couldn't, they couldn't get the vowels right, you know. And uh, that used to upset me a bit, you know, and I used to say, call me Hoppy. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I've been Hoppy ever since, in the army, you know, yeah. Kia ora, Tahu Pōtiki Hopkinson, no Naitahu. Holding the mana whenua of a rohe means that iwi or hapu are the kaitiakis or guardians of the natural resources, be that the rivers, mountains, or in the case of kaitahu iwi, ponamu. Now what's important to remember is this is a right that's never extinguished and every now and then the kaitiakitanga is challenged as was the case when father and son David and Morgan Saxton were prosecuted by Naitahu Iwi and found guilty of stealing Ponamu from the Cascade Plateau in South Westland between October 1997 and September 2003 and profiting from its sale to the tune of close to a million dollars. When the Waiuru Army Museum wanted to build a memorial in 1995 to fallen soldiers in goodwill, it purchased several tons of ponamu from a miner, only to discover the greenstone was stolen. It was only through the intervention of Te Runanga or Makafio, the hapu from the Westlands, the embarrassing situation was rectified by the gifting of additional ponamu to the museum. And so began what the hapu called its Trail of Tears, where a journey from their home in Te Waiponamu, carrying that piece of ponamu, to Waiuru began. Justine talked with Pākehā Windsor-Jones, the curator of the New Zealand Army Museum, about that event. Tears on Greenstone, or Roimata Ponamu, um, was a memorial that was built at the museum in 1995, to commemorate really all those who had died whilst in service in any major battle or operation. And that included the four, uh, the, the three services, that's the Army, Navy and Air Force, but also the Merchant Navy as well. 1995, so that was a good um, 13 years ago. Yeah, well, yeah, 40, yeah, 14 years ago. So mm. the reason behind it really was that at the museum we didn't really have a, a sort of unique way of actually honouring those war dead and so using greenstone was a uniquely New Zealand sort of material 
and so that was the you know, that was the reason behind why they uh, they decided to construct this memorial from greenstone and the tears themselves um, or the water that, that actually cascades down the uh, the memorial is really a, it's, it's it's symbolic of a cleansing of a nation or the tears of those mothers who uh, who cry for those that have fallen in uh, overseas wars. Uh, you know when you come into the museum uh, into the main museum building, the first thing you you walk into is our memorial area. And uh, you see on your right-hand side is the, the you know the large greenstone memorial. Um, it is, I think, until recently it was the uh, the biggest sort of nephrite jade um, construction in, in the southern hemisphere. Um, though I think we might have been tipped recently by the sky the sky tower in Auckland. I'm not too sure. But um, it, the, the, there's over 430 tiles of greenstone in the memorial. And uh, the memorial itself was extracted from the Cascade Plateau down in Westland, um, in, in the South Island, and uh, you know, and then it was sort of uh, cut and and brought into the museum, and then the wall itself was uh, constructed. The construction was started in 1994, so it probably took near on six to six plus months to to uh, to really furnish, you know, the fashion the the uncut greenstone into these tiles. Most of that was done on site. Um, over uh, you know during the day and during the evening and and uh, the people that were working at that time were working 24 hours to get this uh, to get this you know structure completed. Um, so it certainly is you know it, it certainly is quite a imposing um, edifice when you come into the museum. And the interesting thing too is rather having in many cases you have rolls of honour memorials where the names are on the actual. Um, the memorial, the structure, what we've done here, we've actually got intonation of all the names that are read out all throughout the day. So there's actually the names of all those that have fallen, which number over 30,000, are read, uh, uh, echoed throughout the memorial throughout the day. Now just going back to the greenstone, that amount of greenstone, was that gifted by any...? It was purchased from... Oh, you Naitahu down in the South Island? That's right, yes. yeah. Um, they actually came up from the South Island in uh, 2001 and actually gave what they call it was a trail of tears. And they actually brought uh, the greenstone, uncut greenstone, right up from the South Island, stopping in a number of places um, before they got to the Army Museum and presented that, that as a gift uh, to sort of bring closure to the to the whole thing from where the, you know the original greenstone was cut and then and then was fashioned into the tiles, but this was sort of a, a huge, large, mm. a large you know, a piece of uncut greenstone that was gifted to the museum, and it was sort of wow. from the from the people um, from that Cascade Plateau area down the South Island. Now, it was really moving uh, when they when they came up, and that and that's actually that uncut um, greenstone Panamu is actually at the beginning of the memorial, so you can actually touch and see that as well. So before you move into to the main area where the uh, you know where the tears where the where the water's coming down and. You can uh, you can hear the names being read out. For somebody who hasn't been to the um, to the New Zealand Army um, Museum, Windsor, it's, it's based in Waiuru. That's right. Yeah. And so you did speak, you did describe it before. So you walk in, and these are just it's like a huge wall of greenstone with with water trickling down it. That's right. Yeah. I mean, so you come in the main um, area of the National Army Museum, and you walk up the up the ramp into the museum proper, and, and the first thing you really see. Is uh, is the greenstone wall, um, tears on greenstone, that uh, that you know that you can you can look, you can sort of contemplate. It's a really it's a really nice area to contemplate. We also have our memorial uh, alcove, if you like, where there's the battle honours there. We also have 
um, some tapestries. Uh, we have some some flags that have been that have been laid to rest up in, in that area. Well, so it's a real contemplative space. And the thing is, too, you know, to find out more about your, um, you know, your 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 loved ones that have been have been killed in battle, um, we do actually have a kiosk there where you can actually tap. It's a little database. You can tap in the names, so you can find that information. And then, if you want to hear that name read out, you you can also you know uh, activate that as well. So for those that are coming into the space and their yes. name might start with B and the and the names are up to S, you can actually uh, tap you know your um, your relatives' names and, they, and then you can hear their name being read out over the uh, over the speakers in the area. And talk about um, accessing information, um, Windsor. How has the response been from New Zealand families? Now, have many contributed their stories there? Because on the website, of course, you ask for people who who want to. Um, input the information of people that they have lost in the war, their pictures, um, badges, diaries, to the uh, tears on Greenstone. How has it been received over the last 13 years? Well, there's, there's two things. We do. I mean, the tears on Greenstone, you know, the information is sort of, com- it's never complete because we take that information in our research area. and um, But the information we put on the tears on Greenstone it gives the basic information of where the individual was, was killed, um, when they were killed, what service they were, what unit they were and the age they were where and when they died. But we also have a research library and archive and that's where we take um we're interested in the donations, whether you know, of the of the, the written word and the photographic record of those that have uh, fought in, in all wars and in and in, you know, uh, peacekeeping times now. Um and that's really where we hold that as a repository for, for researchers and people who are interested in, you know, military history. Um so that, so the Greenstone Wall area is it has just a um just a small bit of information, but we certainly there's lots more information that people can access in our research, uh, Kippenberger Military um, Archive and Research Library. Mm, I suppose it's just the Greenstone, the tears on Greenstone is visually stunning. It is, yeah. And, and it will first, evoke that emotion. That's right. It's the first part of the journey when you're yeah. trying to find that information because you can put the name in, get that, that yeah, initial bit of information, and then if you want to go up to the library that you can do. We also, they, people can purchase a certificate as a memento that gives that all that information. Um, and, and recently what we've introduced in that area is actually small wooden crosses that people can take in these little cards they can write a message on and they can actually place that at the foot of the Greenstone Wall. And this has become hugely popular since we've had it um, where people have, you know, those that have passed before, whether it be in times of war, even those that served in, in Army, Navy, Air Force and, and uh, have passed away, um, they can leave a little card and a message there. And uh, those those that we keep, you know, we... Uh, you know, for for well for for prosperity really. Mm. So, Windsor, are there any issues of copyright, photos, diaries? How are these protected? Like with all all institutions, um, once that they are gifted or donated to the museum, it does become um, the property um, of the museum. But in saying that, we provide access to you know, access through. Um, through our archive and library, you know, access through our exhibitions. So even though they they do go into the museum, it doesn't mean they're lost forever. Certainly family can come in, they can they can, you know, they can talk to the archivist and, and uh look at the diaries or or photographs that maybe family members have put in over years gone by. Um certainly a lot of military historians, documentary makers and all sorts come into the into the museum to access that information. Um 
and, and you know, this year at Anzac Day, um, Māori TV, we've got a number of um, little um, snapshots of our collection that will feature throughout the day. So that's where we feel, even though it comes into the museum, we look after it. We you know we put effort in trying to preserve these uh, these taonga, these these treasures. And the reality, but you know, certainly we're we're very big in providing access to to family members. Um, one thing we do with our medals, um, family members that have donated medals, they can come in at any time through normal hours of opening, and they can actually we'll get the medals out. Uh, they can view them, they can touch them, they can photograph them, and that's the service we provide seven days a week. If they just want to come in to view the medals, there's no there's no entry fee for that. They can come in. We'll get one of our staff down, and we'll get those medals out for them. But did Willie Apiata donate his medal to the to, for the museum to look after? He, he did, unfortunately. It's it's still with the um, with the uh, SAS group in in, in Papakura. Oh, okay. And, so what what we actually do, we were lucky enough to um, to actually to clean and mount those medals for for Willie Apiata VC, and he came down and it was quite a moving ceremony to hand those medals back to him that he now he now wears. But they're currently um, they're on display for the SAS boys up in up in uh, Papakura. Oh, wow. we'd love to have them here, and I'm sure if we have one day we <laughs> yeah. might. But yeah. And I mean, I, I have to touch on this win, um, Windsor that um, you know, in the wake of of the the metal thefts that occurred, was it two thousand and seven? Security obviously tightened up there. Oh, very much so. We've yeah. had, you know, as a result with any sort of major major break in, and, and um, you know, both defence, army, and the museum itself did a a comprehensive uh, security review. And and since then, we we there's new cabinets in there, and there's a lot of whole other, you know, without going into a lot of yeah, security yeah. measures that we feel, um, you know, we feel that any any um, donations or yes. artifacts that come into our come into our care um, are well protected, uh, and we you know we we certainly feel a lot more secure. Um, well, we felt secure before, but it, but there, but those um, we, you know we found to be wanting in that area. But the reality is now we're we're probably one of the uh, you know. Yeah. A, very, a very secure museum. And and the return of the medals was very emotional. We saw the uh, the Māori welcome, and that was um, that was really emotional. The, the return of those medals, wasn't it? Oh, it was. It was. It, I mean, when we lost them in uh, December two thousand and seven, yeah, it was a huge loss. I mean, the museum yeah. you know, personally felt it. And uh, on twenty one October uh, two thousand and eight, when those medals came back to us, you know, it really was a, a significant. I mean, it was closure for us in a way, um, and, and we were so glad the opportunity for atonement and the fact that you know that the medals did come back to us, and we do have the opportunity to show New Zealand public that we can look after these. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a huge day for us as as a as a museum and as you know and as for Army as well. Um, finally, Windsor, being Anzac, um, this Anzac day, um, does do people you know, but more people come to along to the museum to, um, pay tribute to to lost ones. Yeah, they do. I mean, we've seen a real upsurge in, in interest, and this has been over a few years in terms of Anzac Day, and and people coming to the museum to share that day with us. We have a we have a service here at eleven o'clock, um, on the twenty fifth, um, and and we certainly encourage. You know, everyone that, that's passing to stop and and uh, you know and and come and, and stand in the in the tears on Greenstone uh, Memorial area and uh, listen to the service and and pay pay respects to those that have uh, gone before us. Justine Murray with Windsor Jones and at our website radioNZ.co.nz/tahikar, there's additional information.
anai te kōrero no nā taonga kōrero. Ko te kai kōrero i tēnei wā, whakamaharatanga ki nā hoia i hinātu, i huki mai huki, i te pākana tuatahi tuarua, ko hānara tangi awha te ōhaki reedi o te tairāwhiti. I te taurua mano iwarau ono te kaumārima. We now have an archival recording from 1965 where a major from the 28th Māori Battalion, Hanara Reedy, acknowledges the loss of soldiers' lives during the First and Second World Wars. Enga hapū katoa o tewi Māori. E noho nei irunga inga moutere o tātau tīpuna. E koutou ngā mea, kei reto tonu i ngā pā, i ngā kāinga, i ngā oinga o tātau tīpuna. I reto i ngā lākātaha. Tainua te huki ki a koutou, ki ngā mea, kua mahue te wākāinga, a kua na kētū, e, ki reto ki te ao pākeha no hoai. Ara kai rutu koutou i o koutou na whare, tēnā, tēnā me tēnā, e nohoan. Ka te kuau, kai tūranga nei e kōrero atu ana ki a koutou. E, ko te rā, e whakāro nei tātou, e mōhiotia nei e tātou, e kia nei, he Anzac. Kai te mōhiotia tātou, ko tēnei rā, he rā whakamau maharatanga, E ki ngā hōia o ahitereria o nuitireni, i mata e ki te whawhai i Kalipori. Kua tatatunu ki te rimatakau tau i nāia nei, tēnei pakanga i matematei e nei hōia. E he nuitunu ngā hōia Māori i uru ki rato ki tēnei pakanga. A, i ngā whakanui mō rātau, Mō ngā hōia i matemata ki rato ki tēnei whawhai, ka uruatu e rā o tewi Māori ki rato, ki ngā tangi nei, ki ngā whakamaumahara. Engari, ko tēnei āhua, ko te tangi me te aroha ki ngā mea i matemata, ki te pakanga, e hara tēnei i te tikanga hou, he tikanga tahitatonu. Me mea ka tirohia ngā hītōria, ngā tātai kōrero o ngā iwi tahito, ka kite e tātau tēnei āhuatanga. Tirohia iana ki ngā tangi a rāwiri, ke reto kei te paipero. Ngā tangi a rāwiri mō haora rāua ko tanatama ko honātana imate i ruto i ngā pakanga o mua, ka kite e tātau he tino tahito. Kei reto kei ngā... Kōrero, a ngā kariki, a ngā rōmona, tai mai e hoki ki ngā kōrero o ingarangi. Tai e tuka mereka, a rā ki ngā iwi katoa o te ao. Nā re rā ue kini, e hara tēnei āhuatanga a te tangi mō ngā mea i matemata ki te whawhai i te te e i te tikanga hou. E hara i te mea nō roto i te rimata kautau kātahane, ka aore nō mua mai. Kei rotu anō kei te paipera tēnei kōrero. Kaore tahi he aroha i nui atu. 
tonga mea i tuku i o rātau tinana ki a mate ki o rai o rātau hoa. Nā he kōrero atāhua e nei, he kōrero tangihoki kārua. Nā ko te rāne, ko te Anzac Day, kei te whakanuia i tēnā wahi, i tēnā wahi, i tēnā wahi, i tēnā wahi. Puta noa te me pāia o ingarai. Engari, me te mene ko āhua memeha haere ki roto ki ngā whakaoro o teiwi, te āhuatanga o te whakamaumahara i te rāne. I nā hoki rā, kua ki te tātau i roto i ngā pepa, kei te rereke ngā whakaoro o ngaiwi mō te āhua o te whakamaumahara tangani. Kua tahi e kiana, e kānui i teata, e kānui i teata, e te taha ki te karakia, kā mutu, a hei ngā iahi i muripea o te tina, a he tākaro te mai. Koe rau i kiei, me te mene kei te āhua, me meha haere, te rāne. Nā rā te āhua tanga mō te taha ki te whakanui, kei te āhua, me meha haere. Nā, me kōrero tunu au mō tōku nei tinana. He hōia au nō te whawhai tuarua. Ko te hunga e whakamaumaharatia nei tātau nō te whawhai tuatahi o te ao. Ko tātau ka tōkei te tangi ki a rātau. Nā, kātai ki ngā rā whakamaumahara mō tātau, ko au nei kā oho i te ato pōtunu atu. Nā, ki te mea ki e ne, he dawn parade. Nā, kei te mātakitaki tonua ku tamariki ki a mātau, a mātau tamariki ki a mātau. Mutuana mai, te dawn parade. Nā, kua haere ki ngā ununu, ki ngā ha, kā ki te rātau ki a mātau, nā, e mahia nei te ne mai. Nā, kā ki rātau, hea te take ki a herea rātau. Kia whakakāhoretea rātau e ngahau i muri, o ngā whakanui o teata. Nā, ki tāku nei titiro heu wauat, kāre tae au te whakahoki tēnei kōrero ākutamariki. Kā te ki taku mōhio kei kunei tētahi wāhe e āhua raruraru haere nei, ngā kōrero mō te āhuatanga o te whakanui o te rāne. A kāti, nā reira au nei ka whakāro. Ha, mehe mea, Kei te penei te āhua. Engari, kua ku kōrero e kōrero nei au, kāre au i te kōrero whānui ki o tatau hoa pākeha. E kōrero anau, ki a tatau tunu ki teiwi Māori. Hea hate he, mehe mea, kātai ki te rāni, i atau, i atau, ku te mahi mātātau nei mā teiwi Māori, he whakāro, I nāra, heha te koha e putamai ki a tātau i roto i te maringitanga o ngā toto o te hunga e whakamaharatia nei e tātau. Ko te koha e putamai ki roto. I nā hoki rā, ko te whakahe āku tamariki ki au, kai te moumou noiho au, kai te moumou noiho mātau o rātau mātua i tēnei rā, āko e rā noiho te mahi, He kai wai piro, he hake, he hake, he hake. 
Nale da kanu itira rura rua te mene kiro toki ora taungaka. Ka ti nāko nei nāna i toko te whakāro kiro toki au, he harawara, he koha ki a tātai. Moe nei rā. Moe nei āhua tanga rā. Ngā rā whakamaumaharatanga ki ngā tāngata i matemata. I nāhukira, te kōrero a ngā kaliki, ko tō te toa tōna whare koiwi, ko te au katoa. Ko tō te toa tōna whare koiwi, ko te au katoa. He kōrero te rā mō te toa. Ka anui ngā momo kōrero pene, mō te nebe mō te toa. Engari, me te meni kei te momo nau tuehu, e tātau, nāra e mātau, e nei āhuatanga, ki runga ki te whakāro, āku nei tamariki. Āku nei tamariki. Nā reira, ka ahua te whakāro i roto i au, he harawara, he koha mō te rāne. Ki tā āku nei titiro. Ki tā āku nei titiro, he pai kietu, me me e putāna he whakāro ki a tātau, i tēnei rā, ki anoho mā te rāne e whawhau ki roto ki o tātau ngākau. He whakāro hou. He titiro, mā tātau, kei te pēwhera tātātau noho, i roto i te ao hauni. Kei te pairāne i tā tātau noho, a tātau kura, a tātau mahi, te pai o tā tātau noho, i te taha o tātau hua pākehā. Ko tāku nei kōrero, me me ki te tika tā tātau whakahere, i a tātau, i roto i te ao hauni, ki taku mōhio, kai a noatu, kari te noatu, ngā toto, o ngā mea, e herei te mea o ngā mea nake i mate ki karepuri. Engari, o ngā mea katoa i mate i roto ki ngā pakanga ki o rai te me paia e noho nei tātai uroto. He konei noa mutua i ngā pitopito kōrero nei. Nā reira ki o rā tātai uroto. Major Arnold Reedy paying tribute to the soldiers who died in the First and Second World War campaigns, as recorded at an Anzac service in 1965. For additional information about Hanara, Arnold Reedy, go to our webpage radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika. Not only was Reedy a soldier, he was a composer of waiata and an academic. At the same time the biennial National Kapahaka Competitions Te Matatini were kicking off in Tauranga, a low-key and some would say more important event was taking place at Pūtiki Marae in Wanganui. The date of the annual 28th Māori Battalion reunion hui was shifted from Easter to two months earlier to accommodate deteriorating health and the death of veterans, many of whom are well into their 80s. Since the previous year, 12 have died, including Jim Takarangi, nō te Atsihaunuia Paparangi, the then battalion president. Of the 3,600 soldiers who served in the 28th Māori Battalion, only 53 remain. E nā iwe kua tai anō ki te wā mūtikana te ahikā, he mihi ki nā kai kōrero i tēnei wiki, ki te karaua nō tuahiwi, ngā mihi, ki te whānau o nā hoia katoa, ngā mihi, ki a koutou katoa, ngā mihi, o ki mai anō tērā wiki i te iwi, mauri ora tātou katoa.